0: Can anybody tell me if there's something fun happening this week? What's going on this week? Any big day to celebrate? All Saints Day. I know, right? Yeah, it's Halloween. And then it's All Saints Day. Both are a lot of fun. Halloween is fun. Because of Halloween, we're going to make Chapel Roswell University into Monster University today. Because Halloween is fun. I love candy, so I love Halloween. And I have to be honest, I feel like people have really stepped up their Halloween decor game. I don't know about you, but everybody decorates for Halloween now. In my neighborhood, it looks like Christmas, just different colors. (laughs) All over the place, I see inflatables and spider webs and spiders attacking things. They're skeletons, and they're like things coming out of the ground, and then there's like weird things hanging in trees. It can be a little scary. I have to be honest with you, I don't like the scary parts. I'm not a scary person. I don't know. Every year, there are certain movies, animated movies that my family watches every year and they scare me every time. I know it's coming up, but I don't like scary things. I don't like monsters there. I especially don't like monsters in my face. So let's pretend it's Halloween. I'm at my house, happy eating candy and you come and knock on my door, trick or treat. If I open my door, what am I going to see? What are you dressing up as this year? What? What is it? Okay, I'm already scared a little bit because I don't even know some of these things. (sighs) Which I know. What? What? Harvey? Harvey? I thought you just said Harvey. I'm like, okay, Harvey is scary. I don't know. What is it? Creeper? Nice. I love all of this. Wow. Okay. Ron Weasley. I know Ron. Yes. Yes. Is anybody dressing up as anything in the Bible? (laughs) Okay, well, just in case you want some last-minute biblical costumes, I'm going to give you a few. If you want to dress up like a monster from the Bible, do you know what you would do? There are monsters in Scripture that you can dress up as, and I'm going to tell you just a few of them. Are you ready? I don't know if you know about these monsters that live in the Bible. One is called the Leviathan. Have you heard of the Leviathan? It is a twisted serpent. It's this huge monstrous snake, It's very scary. It appears in the book of Psalm, Isaiah, and later in Job. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 27, there's a dragon. And the dragon lives under the sea. It's very specific. There's another monster. This one's a little tricky, though. It's kind of a monster, kind of not a monster. Have you ever heard of a unicorn? There are unicorns in Scripture. Did you know this? Ooh, I heard that. Ooh. But here's the trick. A unicorn appears in your Bible if and only if you are reading the King James Version. If you have the King James Version, then you have a unicorn in your Bible. If you have any other version other than that, you have a wild ox with a horn. Did you know that? A wild ox with a horn. It appears multiple times. And if it doesn't say wild ox with a horn, it will say a rhinoceros. So either way, there is some weird, large creature with a horn multiple times in scripture. It is worth finding a King James Version just to read about your unicorn and then compare it. All right, Dinosaurs. I don't know if you believe in dinosaurs or not. I'm not here to debate that question. But if anyone tells you there's a dinosaur in scripture, I know the creature they're thinking of. Do you? It's called a behemoth. And the behemoth is multiple places, but the most in Job, and it is huge, and it's one of those fantastical things that Scripture gives us an incredible description of. So, do you want me to read it to you? Yeah, okay, good. I was planning on it. (laughs) I'm going to describe to you this, and in your minds, be thinking about what you could make as a costume, okay? Look at the behemoth, which I have made just as I made you. It eats grass. It has great strength. Its power is in the muscles of its belly. It makes a tail like a tree. His thighs are huge, and the bones are tubes of bronze. And his arms are like iron. And it was the first of the great acts of God, and only its maker can approach it. It sits under a lotus plant. It looks for shade under trees. And if the water is turbulent, it is never afraid. Can you take it with a hook or pierce it with a snare? Can you draw out the Leviathan with a fish hook or press down its tongue with a cord? No, you cannot. Okay, that's, that's serious. That is a serious monster. If you've ever heard the Bible is boring, then you need to point them to Job and read the description. There's another monster. It's called the Nephilim. Have you ever heard of the Nephilim? Nephilim. These are giants. These are huge giants. And in the book of Numbers, all of the people were going in, the Israelites were going in looking for a place to live, and they found the Nephilim. And you know what they said? To ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers. Okay, they found a group of people that made them feel like a grasshopper. Can you imagine? If you really want to freak your neighbors out, Go to the book of Revelation and just point to something. (laughs) There are so many images of like heads and faces and it is completely Halloween. So go there. But whatever you do, do not come to my house dressed as any of that. (laughs) Because it's going to scare me. I told you I don't like monsters, so don't dress up like those things and come to my house. I don't like monsters. And one of the reasons I don't like monsters is because I was one of those children who thought that there was one under my bed. That happens every now and then to me. I'm like, yep, there's a monster under my bed. I'm a child, and that's what I think. But I did what every child does when they think a monster's under their bed. I imagined another monster to eat that monster. This is true. In my imagination... I made up these friendly alligators. And these little alligators had names. And these alligators, they were my friends to protect me. And they would swim all around my bed. So anytime I needed to go anywhere, I would swing my legs over. And instead of my feet touching the ground in my imagination, they would just land on the alligator's back. And this beautiful alligator would take me all over the house wherever I needed to go. It would take me to the kitchen, in the hallway, all these places. It was fantastic. So, yes, you know you are from Louisiana when you make up alligators as a mode of transportation. (laughs) I know, even as a child, you have to control and use your imagination at times to control those fears. I knew, even as a child, to take charge of my mind and my body and my emotion to overcome something that was scary. I knew somehow that old adage, if something scares you, it could possibly save you later. If something is fearful, I knew that there was something bigger to save me from it. I acknowledge that we come to worship today with monsters in the Bible. I acknowledge that we come to worship with all kinds of monsters that aren't in the Bible. And I acknowledge that we have monsters that we can see and that we don't see. I know that we have monsters like addiction and depression and those are real. And I know that we have monsters like extremists on both sides and that is scary. And I acknowledge that there are monsters that live in people and fester hate and evil and bigotry and racism. And there are monsters that live in people that actually make them want to hurt themselves and hurt other people. I also know that death feels like a monster. I know that there are times when our grief can be so overwhelming, it feels like something scary. And on Halloween, though, We dress up in the face of all of those fears because the next day we are going to wake up and know our faith saved us from it. On All Saints' Day, we remember as people of faith that no matter what monster, what fear, what hurt, God is bigger. scripture today comes from the book of Matthew. Matthew 22. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, an expert in the law, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. There's a great theologian, and he described this passage by saying, God gave us two hands, one hand to hold on to God as tightly as we can, to be loved, to be nurtured and protected, so that that love can flow right out through the other to serve your neighbor. We're given one hand to hold on to God so that love can flow through us out the other hand. And sometimes, that can be the scariest thing of all. If you have been in high school, ever, if you've ever been in high school, if you've ever taken a class of a higher level, if you are currently in high school, you may have read the greatest piece or one of the greatest pieces of literature about monsters, it's a little piece of literature known as Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. And when we think of Frankenstein, we think of this huge, huge man, green with bolts in his neck. And if you've watched any Halloween show, if you've watched The Addams Family, Monsters, anything in that genre, you have seen a version of this book. But here's the thing. Frankenstein is the name of the doctor who made the creature. And Dr. Frankenstein made the creature trying to overcome death. And when the creature was made, the creature wanted to be loved. The creature tried to be kind, if you remember this story. The creature tried to help others. But because of the way the creature looked, because of the way people perceived the creature, bad things began to happen. And evil began to bred evil. And people looked down with disdain on the creature. In fact, one of the best quotes of this book, it's one of the most commonly quoted books, actually. Here's the quote. Shall I respect a man who condemns me Let him live with me in the interchange of kindness. And instead of injury, I would bestow every benefit upon him with tears of gratitude. Mary Shelley, that rainy night that she imagined this story, she attacked the greatest philosophical question of all. Is someone born evil or are they made evil by the way they're treated? As people of God, we are called to let love flow through us. No matter a color, no matter a size, no matter a strange demeanor, even if there are preferences we don't understand, as people of God, we're called to let love flow right through us to the next. Somehow as adults our fears change, our monsters change. And somehow we begin to worry about what acceptance will really look like. And what does unconditional love really look like? And what does it mean to really be intentional and thoughtful listeners? That can be scary because it's a lot easier to just from our experience, let people have our opinions, (laughs)
1: There was this little
0: boy, and he was in a field, and he was flying a kite. And a man saw what he was doing. And the man thought, he's not flying the kite correctly. He's holding the string in a weird way. Why is he looking at the wrong spot? So the man thought, I'm going to go tell that little boy how he is doing this all wrong. I'm going to go teach him another way. So the man went to the little boy, and as he approached the little boy, he learned very quickly that the little boy is blind. And so he quickly said, "Do you like flying a kite?" And the little boy said, "Oh, yes, I love flying kites." And the man said, "But, how do you fly the kite when you can't see it?" And the little boy said, "I can feel a tug." That's what God's love is like. It's like the tug of a kite. It's like the tug of love. God's love is like the tug of grace, that tug of forgiveness, that tug telling you to let go of a fear. And that's scriptural. In the New Testament, there's a woman, and everybody thinks she's a monster because she's been bleeding for years. And this woman... She knows if she could just touch, if she could just grace, and she does, the fringe of Jesus' robe, he would feel it. And the scripture in every single version says Jesus felt a tug. And because she reached out and tugged, she was healed. There's another man who's a monster. He's got leprosy, which means you can't touch him. He's an untouchable. But you know what Jesus does when he comes down from the mountain? He goes right over, right where he's bent, right where he's knelt, and the leper tugs on him, and he's healed. In the wonderful book of Isaiah that is home to all the monsters, Isaiah sees this winged thing coming at him. It's this winged creature, the seraphs. And in their hand, they have a hot piece of coal. And do you know what they do? They touch the lips of Isaiah. And they tug on his hands to pull his hands out to put the coal in his hands. And they say, because of this tug, you, Isaiah, are the one God will use. It's funny when you begin to peel back stories of monsters when you try to take away your bias and peel back all those layers you might be surprised what you find There was a man who bought a house and on the front yard was a huge boulder and he got a great deal on the house He's like, this is a wonderful deal. I'm going to buy the house. I'll have the boulder removed. Well, guess what? He couldn't have the boulder removed. The boulder was way too expensive to move, so he didn't know what to do with it. So he just let it sit there for quite some time until finally he took a hammer and a chisel and he went out to the boulder and he began to work on the boulder. And all of a sudden, the neighborhood was amazed at what they saw in the man's front yard as his decor. It was an elephant. And a neighbor came over and said, how in the world did you make an elephant out of the boulder? And the man said, I just chipped away everything that didn't look like an elephant. I wonder, what would it look like if we just chipped away everything that didn't look like love? What beauty would we find? Amen. There are a lot of things to celebrate. There are places of beauty all over to celebrate. And one of which is this church. Our church has been a symbol of so many things. It's been a symbol where kids can come and sing. It's been a symbol of confirmation just recently, confirmation classes. The kids will be confirmed next Sunday. So I ask that you be in prayer for our confirmands as they have their confirmand interviews with the clergy, with all of us uh, this afternoon and Monday and Wednesday. I know the confirmation class, they're nervous to meet with us, so pray for them. There are adult Sunday school classes that are incredibly strong communities. There are Bible studies that are forming. There are mission trips, day mission trips that people are going on. There is a lot to celebrate. There's a lot of grace and forgiveness and love in this campus. And it's able to happen because of you. And so we thank you very much for your generosity. And if you want to give to through Chapel Roswell to Roswell United Methodist Church. These are the ways to do it. But I invite you now to have a moment of prayer with me. Gracious and holy Lord, you are our dwelling place and you are the one that gives us life. And show us now how each of us are uniquely placed in this world for your work. We want our days and our time to fit in and count. So show us how to make that happen. And Lord, we know that we have monsters that live in us and some we don't want to talk about. And some we do. Help us to overcome that which scares us. And Lord, if we begin to protect too much. Help us to give away a gift of love. And help us not to have that kind of greed that helps us, that makes us scared to share. Make us more generous in all ways. So when we answer the door and we see the person on the other side of it, we think, how can we share what we have with this one? and if there are ways Lord where we haven't done that already we ask for forgiveness. So going forward may we learn how to give freely. May we dress ourselves in love each day with our words. May we put on love each day with our actions. And we know that you've entrusted so much to us. And so we pray this day for children who are sick. Who are at home or in hospitals. We indeed pray for those who are grieving those who have experienced a new death or who cannot shake long-term grief. We pray for those who are receiving treatments and awaiting a new round. We pray for the people, Lord, who face whatever demon it is. May each person know that there are people here in this chapel who are willing to help. And Lord, be with us on All Saints Day on Wednesday morning so that we can remember the incredible people who have loved us and who have now joined that community of saints. May we find the best attributes that we remember of them and may we hold on to those memories and may we carry those strengths and skills in a way that we show them with everyone we love. May we be stronger people because we have loved And Lord, now put us in the path of those who need you and tug at our spirits so we do something about it. We pray all of this in your name, amen. And I'm gonna invite you to stand. And as you do, I wanna ask you, as we sing our last song, we have a ton of slap bracelets. These are the cutest things ever because they have the cutest monsters in the world on these little slap bracelets. So I want you to come and grab a bracelet, and I we'll want you to grab stickers. And if there's some left over, you need to take them. We don't want anything left so that you can share them with people on Halloween when you run out of candy. All right, let's sing.